You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football morning to Birds 365 fans. Appreciate you streaming on in <coughs> on day 39. That would be days left till the Eagles kick off the regular season in Detroit against the Motown, Motor City Kitties, the Detroit Lions. Got a lot of work to do between now and then over these next 39 days. Good to have my bud by my side again, Johnny Mac, back for the entire show. He will not be allowed to go watch the all-important Eagle walkthrough today. So he's going to hang with us for the next couple hours. Uh, Johnny Mack from both your reporting, Jacob Sports, and uh, your fellow beat guys. It seems like everybody was in agreement. First time this year, Eagles offense gets much the best of the Eagles defense at practice. Am I stating it correctly? Yeah, I de- I definitely think they won the day, and you know there were a few people who would say they won day one. I think it was more of a wash, uh, but I will say, um, you know, even though the offense was really good and Jalen was really really good and he was really hot, um, the defense wasn't bad either. So that that part's a positive as well. But obviously, the defense had been playing well uh, to begin with, so when you start to see Jalen hit some throws and some throws down the field, he made some tremendous throws and one-on-one drills. Um, and then he, he had the uh, deep ball to Jalen Rager, which is not going to excite. It, it, it excites people 
from one perspective, but not from another perspective, because you start to realize, oh, Jalen Rager's got some talent. And that's why I, you know, uh, I've said that at the beginning of camp, he's going to dominate against second, third team cornerbacks. Um, and he was able to get um, some first team reps because Quez Watkins uh, fell ill during the practice. It was very hot, uh, obviously, yesterday. Um, and he took advantage of him. So you got to give Jalen Rager some credit as well. Um, is it fool's gold? You know, you got to be careful with that. All right. Let me, yeah, let's start there since you went to Jalen Rager. A um, couple of things over the last few days. Number one, Nick Sirianni basically came out and challenged him and said, Jalen Rager is battling for a job. Uh, not like he's going to be on the roster. The question is how much he's going to play. No, he's battling for a job to make the team. So he kind of threw the uh, challenge gauntlet down, did the coach. And we talked about this yesterday, two days ago. John Clark just uh, tweeting about plays that Jalen Rager yeah, wasn't making, yeah. elicited a uh, response from Jalen via social media that was over the top and unnecessary. Is Jalen Rager responding to a challenge? Hopefully, maybe. Um you know, I've, I've been pretty consistent. I think he needs a change of scenery. Um, and that's another example with John Clark. All John tweeted was he dropped a pass. Uh, you know, all right. Similar to, with Miles Sanders um, getting second team reps. All right. It's a factual statement. Move on. <laughs> Everybody drops passes except Chris Carter. Um, he's the only guy I've never seen drop a pass. Um, no big deal. Um, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, everybody drops passes occasionally. Just move on to the next one. Um, and you know it was interesting. Brandon Graham talked about this after practice. He he got a question about Miles and uh, his contract year because Brandon has been through that. Uh, you know, playing out uh, the final year of a deal and and not worrying and and not. Uh, uh, knowing if he was going to be back as a member of the Eagles. In fact, the one year he hugged us all leaving on the last day because he thought he was out of here uh, and, and everything worked out uh, and he was able to come back and he hopes to finish his career with the Eagles after 15 years. We'll see how that shakes out. But um, he was asked, you know, how do you deal with the contract year stuff? And he kind of went off on a tangent and talked about social media and just off the top of his head, he said, if you don't have the mature, and he used that word maturity to handle social media and understand, you know, basically as a public figure, you're going to, you're going to take some heat, some of it constructive, some of it real, some of it just trolls. Um, but if you can't deal with it, you got to get off it. You can't deal and, you know, when that tweet came through, we were in the media house group of reporters and we joked, you know, the over under how quickly it would be deleted. We said an hour. I, I don't know the exact time, but it was down pretty quickly. Um, now, let, let, I, me, let me interrupt there. The fact that it went up and came back down. Jalen thought better of it. Someone yeah, he was probably the, told. Yeah, someone from probably, the Eagles got a hold of him and go, yo, do you know how bad this looks? What the hell are yeah, you doing? Take yeah. that thing down. You think he was instructed to take it down. Yeah. I mean, I that would be my guess. Might have came from 
his dad, Monty Rager, made it came might have come from the Eagles, might have come from both. Um, yeah, it's a bad look, and it was down pretty quickly. Same thing with Miles, though, with the with the taking exception to the second team rep tweet. Who cares? It's true. Um, you know, there's a lot of context to it, and Nick Sirianni went into it. And I've said on this show, he's a starting running back, and there's no question about that. But he's taking some second team reps because it's a rotation. Um, nothing wrong with pointing it out. Now, he seems to be using it as a chip on his shoulder. And if it works for him, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Brandon's like, just just get off because I've been telling players, just get off for years. Just just ignore it. Get off. Don't don't deal with it. But one some do, my, some don't. Let me ask you one more Miles question, and then I got uh, a couple of depth chart questions for you, and <clears throat> it kind of ties into Miles taking second team reps. Sirianni afterwards almost acted like he didn't even know about it. That Miles took second team reps. <laughs> that he was. <laughs> Was that just Nick covering yeah. his own backside, funning us? If, if it's accurate, then that's not a good thing. That's something the coach could should be on top of. Wait a minute. We didn't have Miles take second-team reps all last year in preseason before the year started. Day two, we got him taking second-team reps. What was your read on Nick Sirianni's response? Well, I thought it was that? funny because he contradicted himself, and which he often does in the same answer. He'll... You know, these practices are very laid out from a perspective of, you know, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. So certainly as the head coach, he knows they want to rotate running backs. And if they're rotating running backs, as he explained, well, then, you know, if it falls that way, you know, you're a rep on the second team, then he should know he's getting second team reps. So that's kind of contradictory uh, what he said, but um, from the perspective on, you know, he, he explained it, he explained why it happened. So he right. should have known and it made sense. Yeah. So he should have known it was going to happen. So yeah. Uh, you know, there are times like yesterday, Quez Watkins, uh, fell ill, didn't finish the practice. Then somebody's got to step up. That wasn't the plan. Zach Pascal's still out. Um, so Jalen Rager got first team reps, which was probably not the plan. So things can change on the fly. And Nick might not have been aware of that uh, on the field, um, although he's probably told uh, pretty quickly. Uh, but, yeah, he knew. He knew. And he and he explained it. So, you know, he knew because he explained the exact reason why it happened. Well, then uh, it, it just seemed odd that the first response was like, really? Uh, that he didn't know. It was yeah, well, then, yeah. And then he contradicted himself. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was uh, either humorous <laughs> or questionable. All right. Before we get back to uh, the players, yesterday when you left us, you told us looking forward to hearing from the Eagles play caller. Shane Steichen was available to you guys before practice. <sighs> He give you any insight that you weren't hmm. expecting? Uh, any family secrets? Uh, know that Shane is not the most, I want to choose the right word here, um, outspoken individual, a little on the laid back side, a little on the button up side. Shane, uh, say anything of consequence as per John McMullen? Um, 
No, Shane's very guarded in front of the microphone. You know, behind the microphone, he's actually a really uh, nice guy, likes to talk about other things. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's he been a little bit more open this year because he is the play caller and it's publicized. So I think last year is more guarded because it's, you know, it's Nick's offense. He doesn't want to create any ripples uh, for Nick Sirianni. But now he kind of understands, well, he's the play caller, so yeah. he's going to be getting uh, some of this uh, uh, microscope treatment. So he's, he, he gives us a little bit more uh, this year, but he's never going to be the guy who's just – like Nick will do a dissertation, um, you know, like, like with Jalen's interceptions earlier this week. That was great, man. He just went into that and, and – he explained every single one of them in detail. And you and I remember the Giants game last year when he went and everybody was worried about, oh, Jalen Hurts didn't throw the ball. And and Nick is going into, they didn't run the right route. They weren't where they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be at, at five yards. They were seven yards. He went into this just incredible detail on that particular play. Right. And he'll do that on occasion. You're not going to get that from Shane Steichen. Um, but, you know, it, it's gotten a little bit better. Um, you know, interesting, Shane was talking to your guy. We've been talking. Mike Mayock was at practice. Uh, oh, I was going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was there visiting. Shane had a long talk with him. Um, but uh, as far as I did get my Devontae Smith question, like what the hell's going on with the traffic? Uh, with Devonte Smith, of course he didn't answer that. He just talked about him as a player. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Um, and you know that to me is more about. It's not about Devonte. It's more about um, the Eagles' offense, which is basically, um, you know, two options and then sort of go, so to speak. So you have one read, second read, and then the play design. Because Nick has explained, has explained, you know, he game plans for basically two people in the passing game. And last year it was six and 88, he would say, football coach jargon. Um, at the beginning of the year, kind of turned into 88 and six by the end of the year. Now this year, it's clearly 11 and 88. And now, you know, we're going to see how that works out, but they got to, they got to make a concerted effort to get Devontae Smith, the football, and they got to be more open-minded. And I guess it's a question I would ask you for being able to ask uh, both Sirianni and, and Steichen. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why they were one of the uh, less effective passing games in the national football league that you got to have more than just two options on any given play that you got to be able to go to a third guy and yeah, they're just I, I, changing I, I, out one of the two, not necessarily changing how many options a quarterback can have or get to on any given passing play. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's that as more as that's kind of what the modern NFL has turned into. Like there's not, in fact, I was talking about this long before I, I I I was talking to a scout about this because he had put something up on Twitter uh, about, and it had nothing to do with the Eagles. Um, 
and uh, I I just asked him. I go, you know, how many how many how many old school quarterbacks that go through progressions? You know, one, two, three, four are there? So not many, and it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore, uh, for the most part. It, it's one, two, and they're trying to take advantage of what they're taught in college more than you know. And and he explained it as it's easier to teach concepts than plays. Um, the, you know, if you think about Bill Walsh and the complicated, you know, those are hard to teach and you don't have a lot of time. And so he said, it's easier to teach concepts than plays. So, you know, they start teaching them. Here's the safety. This is what you do. Uh, so to me, it's more about the offensive coaching staff having to get more people. So you're right. Okay. You have great players, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. Great. You want them to be first? Great. But you have to realize, you know, you got to get other people involved too. You can't get tunnels. So I think that's more of a coaching problem than it is a quarterback or a progression problem because they're they're not expecting Jalen Hurts to go through four progressions. That's not what the modern NFL is. Fair enough, but I would argue that uh, if you have all of two passing options on every single play – well, yeah, yeah other, you got to change that. The other team's going to be able to figure it out here pretty quickly and uh, shade coverage and go double. And uh, all of a sudden, no matter how talented those guys are, you're thrown into traffic, makes it that much more difficult on them, on the quarterback of everybody else. Uh, there's a reason so I'm just why pulling you, it up. Jody, there's because... a reason why you have three wide receivers on almost every single play in the NFL anymore. You telling me if your tight end is one of your two main uh, targets that those other two guys are out there for window dressing. So I'm, 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 I want to say it. So I'm, I'm going to, I just pulled it up. So I asked him how prevalent are full field progressions now? And he said, you might see it one every six or seven passes with a, you know, with a Brady Rogers type. Uh, that's not an official stat. He said, just an observation off the top of my head. It's been a slow, but steady change over the past 10 years. Most of what's done now is either picking a side based on safety alignment or based on man zone coverage. So I asked him, is that just a natural evolution to take advantage of what they're learning in college or a reaction to less prep time? And he said, taking advantage. Coaches hate to admit they don't have enough time. They hate it. It's more efficient to go about it that way, easier to teach concepts than plays. So this is the way the NFL is. I mean, if you watch every game. So to me, the bigger part of it is you're right. You can't rely on just two people. Then you become very uh, predictable. We talked about motion as well. He doesn't use a lot of motion. And right now, and it's only practice, you're kind of predictable. As good as A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard is, as soon as teams get to see this, they're going to, oh, well, the ball's going to A.J. Brown and, and Dallas Goddard. And you know what? I don't even care that much if you're talking about Quez Watkins or Jack Stoll or Jalen. But you got a great player in Devontae Smith. you got to get him involved. And if that means he's number one on one of those progressions, you got to pick that up. He's got to be number one on more of those progressions that you're doing so to me that's why i think it's a it's a coaching aspect more than a a quarterback or receiver aspect it's a legitimate question and something well worth keeping our eye on 
when the Eagles actually start to do some things. And they did yesterday. Put pads on. That's a big plus. Nice to get the pads on. And the offense did have a uh, pretty good day yet for you guys. You guys being John McMullen and all of his beat buddies. One of which is going to join us next. His good bud, Sports Illustrated partner, Ed Kratz, scheduled to join us first here on uh, Birds 365, hour number two. We got another good Eagle Beat guy. Uh, Rick Saratone, last couple of days, all the Eagle Beat guys like John and everybody else at practice. So we're giving you two Eagle Beat guys today, in addition to Johnny Mac coming back and co hosting with me. First up, Ed Kratz, Sports Illustrated, here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Get together here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys. And I asked Johnny Mac last uh, segment, uh, was Jalen Rager responding to a challenge 
by either uh, Nick Sirianni and or John Clark for having a big <laughs> day yesterday. Well, I'm John challenging Clark. you guys on the stream right now. If you think you know more Eagles football than either Jody McDonald or uh, uh, Johnny Mack, go ahead and hit the like button. Tell us that you think you know more Eagles football than us. Challenge thrown down for you guys. Or you know more Eagles football than our next guest. That would be Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated. Ed Kratz, any truth to the rumor that fan-sided tampered with you to try and get you to leave Sports Illustrated to join them? And is uh, Roger Goodell going to act in any way, shape, or form? Are we waiting on fan-sided being punished (laughs) for tampering? (laughs) I don't know anything about that, but I think I just got traded to the Padres. Uh, I was a (laughs) throw-in with Juan Soto and uh, Josh Bell. Uh, Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty good deadline, baseball deadline. Yeah, it was. We, it was yeah. busy yesterday. Yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, not as exciting as Jalen Hurts throwing the football down the field, Ed Kratz. Jalen Rager getting an opportunity and showing up, making the big play. And obviously, you know how difficult this team had the past few days before yesterday's practice trying to get the football down the field. Um, how how positive do you think that is just from a confidence standpoint to go, oh, we can do this? Yeah, I, you know, listen, I'm not sure how much they struggled getting the ball down the field uh, in prior days. I think it was just kind of a scripted situation where they're trying to work on checkdowns and get Jalen Hurts kind of in that mindset of, hey, listen, let's just, you know, let's just throw the ball short. We don't need you running, you know, when the first option breaks down. Let's look for some of these checkdowns. Let's get that mind in the right place that we're looking for checkdowns. I, I didn't really notice them even trying to, try to push the ball down the field that often uh, until uh, Tuesday's practice. And then, you know, we saw them open up the offense a little bit and go deep. And, you know, Jalen Rager was the guy. And, you know, Jody talked about, you know, was he kind of rising to the challenge that was put in place by either Sirianni or or John Clark? And, you know, maybe he was. You know, I wrote about the fact that Sirianni kind of laid it out for him on Saturday when he talked to us before that practice that he's battling. You know, he used yeah. the word battling five times in a single answer, and he said that he's trying to win a job. So, you know, that puts you on notice that there's nothing guaranteed for a former first-round draft pick. And uh, so he went out there and, and he showed that, hey, you know what, don't don't overlook me just yet. I might still be a factor in this thing, and I'm more than a fifth-wide receiver. Um, but now you look around the NFL landscape, and already we see a big injury out in Denver with a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. And, and you wonder if, hey, maybe Howie's on the phone with Denver saying, you know what, we, we'll trade you Rager, but you have to meet my asking price. Uh, we'll see what his asking price is. I it's think high. that's kind of uh, it's high. Okay, good luck with that one, Howie. Yeah, touchdown yeah. grab in practice yesterday is not going to change the numbers on Jalen Rager's uh, stat sheet for the first couple of years. I played off Rager. Eagles return game. They spend a little time in practice. I know it's a short practice. They get in and out. They're very efficient, though, hustled from one spot to the other, but they have done their special teams work. Any of the Eagles with a lead in prospective return spots? Has anybody done anything to open anybody's eyes, or is it still the same group at about the same level as when they first showed up at camp? 
Yeah, you know, that special teams portion is a good time to get some water ice, so I'm not always <laughs> looking at uh, what's happening. You're giving away <laughs> the tricks, Appreciate man. the honesty, Ed Kratz. You're giving away the you know, tricks. I, I, it's not like I completely tune out. You know, I check and see who's back there returning them, and, you know, yeah. so far, you know, guys have fielded the ball cleanly, which, you know, that's huge, right? you got to catch the ball before you can do something with it. Um, but again, I think, you know, look, keep, keep an eye on Britton Covey. I, I haven't seen Devin Allen back there all that often. I see Britton Covey back there all the time. So, you know, if you're looking for kind of a, maybe a long shot, it could be at returner, especially if Rager's not here. Uh, you know, now that camps are underway, like I said, Denver had the injury. There could be others to come and, and maybe Rager's in play. So, you know, right now he's kind of the log jam at that receiver position. Are they going to keep five? If they do, he's on the team probably. But if they keep six, then that might open the door for a Britton Covey. Maybe a Devin Allen if he starts to get more reps returning punts. But um, I haven't seen anybody really kind of take off and, and run with it. No pun yeah. intended. Have, I'm a sicko, so I watch uh, who's back for the returns. Um, it's interesting. Jalen – is taking the first team reps at punt return, but not kickoff return, uh, which has been Jason Huntley for the most part. But, you know, then I start thinking, well, how is Jason Huntley going to make this team though? I mean, they're not just going to keep somebody to return two kickoffs a game. They had 34 kickoff returns last season in, in 17 games. I mean, it's not an important part of, of NFL football anymore, unless you have a core Daryl Patterson, who are you going to get the green light to take it from nine yards out? Eagles aren't going to do that. They're going to take the 25 yard line and, and, and run the offense. So to me, it's going to default to Jalen Rager unless they trade him. Um, and the Devin Allen's and the Britton Covey's of the world are more, you know, practice squad. And we'll see with Devin Allen to me. Now, it's got to affect him. He still wants to go to the Olympics again. He's got all these track dreams. And I know he says, well, you know, you're still training to be very fast in the NFL. But it's when you're at that level, it's got to affect you. So I'm going to be interested to see if he wants to play football after training camp or if this is, you know, sort of a bucket list item for him. But that's how I kind of see the the kick return aspect of it. And I will say this, and I'll turn it this way for you, Ed. That was an underrated part. The Eagles lost the field position battle a lot last year because they didn't return kicks well when they got the opportunity, and they didn't cover them well. And, you know, when you're trying to drive 75, 80 yards and the other team's driving 60, that's a big difference. That's a lot of hidden yardage. Yeah, and a lot of that's Aaron Sippus too, you know, not not uh, kicking the ball well in the second half of the season and, you know, pinning teams deep. So, you know, that's been an issue too. But, you know, we don't see Sippus do much punting. No. Camp, very little. They use the machines to throw the ball down there. Um, Got to keep that light fresh. Pitch yeah, you do. That could have been an issue last year. But, you know, when you talk about kickoff return, that's almost not even like a position. I mean, I yeah, know you yeah, need to have yeah. somebody do it twice a game, whatever it is. And, and I think Boston Scott would be just fine returning kicks. If it came to that, I don't, I don't think you need to keep Jason Huntley 
uh, on the roster just to return a kick or two a game because I think Boston Scott can do it, and Boston Scott's going to be on this roster, and I think he would do a good job as a kickoff returner. Yeah, it's weird. He hasn't been back there, but that's one of those things where they know what he can do, as you mentioned. He's been one of the upbacks, Boston Scott. So, you know, they have the, the, the kick returner, then they have the two upbacks, and Boston is on the first team upback. But you're right. He can do it, and they know he can do it. So maybe that's the where they default to at the end of the day. But I think it all hinges on Jalen Rager. If he's here, he's going to be the return guy. He's going to yeah. be the kick returner and the punt returner. Yeah, Quez Watkins returned kicks last year too. I think a few times. I mean, he could yeah, certainly at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Was, so I mean, you know, yeah. they've got guys that can return kicks. And you're right, Rager. If he's here, will be the punt returner. I'm sure. Uh, and he just needs to get more comfortable doing it. I mean, we saw him return a kick, uh, punt return for a touchdown in Green Bay a couple of years ago. So we know he's every got- once in a while you see the explosion with Jalen yeah. Rager. Every right. once in a while, and we saw it yesterday at practice. The guy's got talent. It's frustrating. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I want to get uh, both your opinion on a position of depth for the Philadelphia Eagles. And so far, the starters will look pretty damn good in camp. So we are hoping that depth is not necessary, but one good injury, and all of a sudden, uh, you're elevating someone. The cornerbacks. The starting three CBs have all been good, played great defense against Eagle wide receivers, um, every single day, somebody's noting that this guy got an interception, that guy got a pass defended. Um, but they got a whole bunch of young guys behind them on the bench who last year, for me, didn't separate themselves at all. They're all still kind of in the same group. Has there been any separations? Zach McPherson is the guy who was drafted and probably has a slight leg up just in the way organization the organization looked at them. Uh, but I would hope that they would make determinations on depth charts by who's actually getting things done in practices as limited as they may be. Uh, any uh, cornerbacks, backup cornerbacks, second or third team cornerbacks stand out for either you two guys? Well, I would say I thought Zach McPherson was doing pretty well uh, early in camp the first few days. Now he did struggle on Tuesday, um, but this position is going to hinge a lot on special teams as well. You're going to keep guys that can contribute on special teams. Um, and McPherson certainly can do that. He's a fourth round pick. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to make this team. It's only his second season. And again, I thought he did some pretty good things in the first few days of camp. And we'll just have to see how he progresses the rest of August here. Um, Tay Gowan, I, I haven't really noticed Tay Gowan a whole lot. I think he's gotten beat a time or two when I've seen him, when I've kind of focused on him. Um, I'll say there's an undrafted free agent on the roster that you might want to keep an eye on, and that's Mario Goodrich. I think he's made some uh, pass breakups the last few days, and, you know, he might be somebody that could be a kind of a surprise uh, player to make this roster. I don't see a whole lot of undrafted free agents making this roster, to be honest. I mean, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of undrafted free agents come in and, and help this team in the past, Nate Herbig. T.J. Edwards, obviously, Corey Clement in the Super Bowl season. But it's going to be tough. But Mario Goodrich is a cornerback I think that you might want to keep an eye on uh, as far as maybe possibly winning a job, if not certainly on the practice squad. But he's looked okay, uh, you know, in camp. He's come in and he's competed. Uh, but I still think it's McPherson uh, to, to win this job, to be probably the key backup. And then in the slot, you know, Jimmy Moreland they brought in from – 
as a free agent. He played in Washington uh, the last few years. He, you know, he hasn't really kind of stood out either. Uh, Josiah Scott maybe could could have a leg up at that slot cornerback spot if you want to keep somebody behind Avante Maddox. Um, but those are the guys to me that I think like McPherson, Scott, Moreland, and and Goodrich are guys to keep an eye on for sure. McPherson, I think, is a lock for the roster, though. Yeah, don't forget Mac McCain because Mac was taking the second team reps opposite uh, Zach McPherson uh, on the second team. Now he got hurt. He, you know, he showed up on the injury report yesterday with a knee injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. Tate Allen made a play yesterday against Gardner Minshew, picked him off, but they also had a full officiating crew. Uh, I don't know if it was full, but there were a lot of officials out there for, for the first full pads. Um, he got called twice for, for defensive. He's very handsy. Um, and that's always, a could be a problem with young corners because they have to get used to being, um, uh, a little bit more fine. They get away with a little bit more at the college level. So that's a concern. Darius Slay though, keeps talking up Zach McPherson. So he's clearly the number four corner as, as, as Ed said, he got beat by Jalen Rager on that big long play, but he it wasn't terrible coverage. He was he was right there. Andre Sachere was bearing down at safety. Just a great throw, great catch. Uh, sometimes you tip your cap to the other side. And you know the the top three corners, man. Somebody asked me, this is going to excite Jody. Somebody, another reporter asked me, who's been the best player through five. Uh, Eagles practices and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it who's been the best player who's been the best player who's been James Bradbury Bradbury. James Bradbury has been unbelievable and there was a rep yesterday now he got beat by Devontae Smith in in one-on-ones for another deep throw you know corners get beat especially in one-on-ones and Devontae's a great receiver. And it, and it was, I was right there and he said, damn Smitty, it was a great, it was just a great, um, great move by Devontae and he made a great play. The next rep, he stoned him at the line of scrimmage. He didn't get a yard off the line of scrimmage. He got his hands on him and that was it. And that was it for James Bradbury. He, he is so far and above what the Eagles have had as a second cornerback. I mean, he would easily be this team's number one cornerback in most years that we've been around this team at until Slay got here. So I'm not saying he's their best player, but in the first week of camp, he's been their best player. And that should be exciting for Eagles fans. Yeah, and, and, you know, keep in mind, he kind of got here late, right? They didn't sign him until the middle yeah. of May, I think it was. So he's still kind of feeling his way with the terminology and whatnot. But, you know, if you ask me, I think that's been kind of the most fun part of camp to watch is these battles with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith against, you know, these two cornerbacks, Slay and Bradbury. I mean, these are these are one and one A type players at their positions, uh, in the league and it's kind of fun to watch these battles who wins and it's only going to make all four of those guys better in my opinion and McPherson too if you want to throw him in there Mac McCain like you said you know going against these types of receivers is only going to make them 
even that much better. And then vice versa, the receivers will be better going against players of that caliber. So, yeah, I and think I Bradbury's should throw in real quick. I forgot Kerry Vincent because if if somebody's going to push um, um, <clears throat> Zach McPherson, it might be Kerry Vincent because he can play outside and he can also play inside the slot. So he started to take second team reps as well for Mac McCain. So. I should have uh, thrown Kerry Benson Jr. in there as well. All right. I need both of you guys' takes here because I, I missed last Friday's show. Maybe he was brought up at that time. But as far as I can remember, I don't think his name has been mentioned once since the Eagles actually opened up camp. How's J.J. look at a tight end? Ed, you can take that one. He's getting a lot of developmental reps yeah, that's... with Farsh and Strong and Reed Sinet kind of it's in not a good sign. practice period. No, it is it is not a good sign. But, yeah, listen, they need a tight end to By step up. By the way, up isn't and... like half the Eagle tight end room not participating? Yes, yes, and he's still and in he, developmental period. He's real rep. He's only out there with Carson Strong. That's a really not good sign. Yeah. <laughs> now he gets uh, some real reps as well, but yeah, they're trying and to that, get him and up. That to could speed. change, and you know, yeah. listen, he's still learning the position, so you don't want to throw him out there with first team, I guess, and set him up to fail if he's not yeah. really sure what kind of route he's running or what he's supposed to do as a tight end. So uh, you know, I could see them bringing him along slowly, but. You know, this hamstring injury that Grant Calcaterra suffered, uh, that hurts. I mean, Sirianni said it himself. He was having a good camp, and I thought he was playing his way into the number two role. And it, not to say that he won't. He's got the hamstring that they're going to be very cautious with his return, so it's not a lingering situation. But, uh, you know, that that has opened the door. And, you know, Jack Stahl, of course, is the incumbent. Uh, but Noah Tagai, I think, has looked pretty good. Yeah. You know, with the reps that he's gotten. Um, so it's an uphill battle for JJ though, Jody, no doubt. Um, he looks a little bigger, uh, and you know, he, he's able to, he's catching the ball. Well, uh, kind of shielding himself, you know, tight ends run different patterns than receivers, obviously. Uh, you know, he's more over the middle kind of turn around where he's trying to hit seam routes. Um, but he's caught the ball pretty well. I thought in camp, I don't know if he can block, uh, as a tight end, I know they love his blocking ability in the run game. Maybe that transitions into the tight end spot, but it's going to be a tough battle for him, Jody. He's a, he's a guy that is firmly on the bubble uh, to make this roster. Uh, but like you said, a lot of the tight ends are, are hurt right now. So who yeah. knows? The door's, the door's open. If he can accelerate his learning curve, you know, with what he has to do, then maybe he has a shot. Yeah. You would think Calcaterra with a hamstring, as you mentioned, Ed, Tyree Jackson, Richard Rogers on pup. Um, it's been all Dallas, Jack Stoll, Noah uh, Togiai, and they did bring in that kid, Jaden Graham, who's a Yale guy, played with the Falcons. You haven't seen much of him and, and JJ. So they don't have a lot of depth at tight end right now with Calcaterra out. So you would think there would be an opportunity to step up, but Noah Togiai has been, you know, he's been that third guy and Maybe maybe it's time to start talking a little bit more about him because he's he's looked okay, um, and he doesn't have a ton of competition. And maybe okay is good enough to win you a job at this stage behind Dallas Goddard. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see where that position goes. Um, 
I'm not that concerned about it, though. I think the Eagles want to play a lot of a lot more eleven personnel with the receivers they have on. That's hand. a good point as well. You know, um, yeah, you know, they'll, and, they'll just play more three receiver, more eleven personnel. So let's talk about the receivers. Not AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, even Quez Watkins, who who left early with an illness. We talked a little bit about uh, Jalen Rager. Um, Zach Pascal hasn't been able to get out there. Um, yeah, that's a concern. We know, yeah, we know with Greg Ward. Greg Ward's very steady, but you know what he's going to give you. Um, the Eagles are clearly looking uh, to get a little bit more athletic, but they've been saying that for years, and Greg Ward finds a way to make this team. Of, the, of those second-tier receivers, anybody impress you? To me, it's been Deion Kane. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. I think Deion Kane has kind of uh, stepped up in that kind of second-tier level. And, you know, as far as Pascal, um, you know, not being able to practice. I know Nick knows him from his time in Indianapolis, and, and that probably helps. But it's not Nick that's going to put together this 53-man roster. I know he's going to have input, but that's Howie Roseman's job as the general manager. And he'll take Nick's input. But if, if you know, if Roseman's not seeing Pascal do anything, is he going to be able to say to Nick, okay, I trust you, we'll keep him, even though he hasn't done much. And I know it's early and he'll get back from this food poisoning, but, you know, not practicing for the first week of camp as a newcomer isn't helping your cause. And, you know, now you're looking out there and you're seeing guys like Deion Kane. Um, you're seeing Jalen Rager. You're seeing other guys make plays. Even Greg Ward has made some catches. He's just steady and dependable as far as catching the football. And, um, you know, that, that, that's an opportunity for these guys with Pascal sitting on the sidelines and watching. Um, he needs to get out there. Uh, or, or he could be one of those guys that, you know, surprisingly may not make the club. Um, again, long way to go. He's got to get out there, but he's got to show quickly what he can do in this offense if he's going to win this job. Zach Pascal, lock. Stone cold uh. lock to make the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Uh, no chance. I would set the percentage chance he could get cut at uh, 0.01%. Uh, so you're saying there's a chance. Point in zero, oh, zero, zero. my God, is it, is it small? Smaller than the hair follicles on uh, my forehead, your forehead, McMullen's forehead uh, combined. Uh, not 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 happening. Zach Pascal okay. will be here. I right. uh, I want to get to one other uh, guy slash position that you raised, Ed. You said that uh, Jade, you are getting those developmental reps that aren't really adding up to too much at practice. And they would be with Carson Strong and or Reed Sinet. The overall Eagle quarterback play. We all care about Jalen Hurts and analyze every single throw that he makes. But the guys who are coming in when Jalen takes a snap off haven't exactly lit up the scoreboard, have they? How inefficient has the Eagle backup quarterback play been in camp so far? Are you going to put Gardner Minshew in there? Because I don't think he's looked yeah, good. Yeah, he's not looked good. good. Not no, look he, good at he all. Good either. Um, and you know, listen, I did a uh, you know a pre-camp fifty-three man roster projection, and I only had the Eagles keeping two quarterbacks um, because it's not like last year when you had Joe Flacco, who was a veteran, and you had to keep the three quarterbacks once Minshew got traded for uh, at the end of camp. So that's your three. But you know, I you could put Reed Sinet, I think, on the practice squad, and I'm not sure anybody's going to gobble him up. And if they do, the Eagles will go find somebody else. Um, and then if Carson Strong just does not look 
ready. Overmatched at in this so point. many ways. Um, there was the quarterback from Wake Forest last year, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Newman. Yeah. I, listen, I thought Jamie Newman looked better than Carson Strong. Jeez, that's <laughs> not good. They ran Jamie Newman out of town. Yeah, fast they ran Jamie. Year. I got for a week. Yeah, I got a feeling Jamie broke a rule or something. I've never been able to get to the bottom. But you can't do anything at OTAs to 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 say, all right, this guy can't play. I don't know. Maybe he overslept a couple yeah, of times. Who maybe, knows? Maybe, I mean, it could be yeah. something like that. But I think Carson Strong, to me, he he could be headed for the injured reserve, which, you know, that kind of on one hand, it's good that he gets the year to develop. But on the other hand, he's not around the team, right? If you're on IR, you can't be around the team. So yeah, you can't practice. Yeah, so. you can't practice. So, you, you know, you're going to have to be left to your own devices to get better. So right now, though, he just does not look like an NFL caliber backup quarterback even. Um, but again, he's getting limited reps. Uh, you know, he's trying to learn everything that he can on the fly. Uh, maybe he gets better. But right now it's Jalen. And Jalen, as your that's been that's been it. So you have to keep Hurts healthy because, yeah. you know, I know Minshew's got the experience and everything. And and I'll say Minshew's fun to watch when he completes a little swing pass or a you know quick yeah. out pattern. He's always pumping his fist and yeah, you like yelling all pumped up, and it's fun to see that enthusiasm. Well, I think Gardner Gardner, you know, had that boss like his own yes. Grateful Dead boss. I think, <laughs> you know, maybe he needs some time to ramp up from the from the fun he was having on the bus. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's an interesting player because, like, I always talk about Jalen Hurts not being a practice player because they blow the whistle. They take so much of his strengths away. He can't extend plays. He can't, you know, and, and you know, those things show up on game day. I don't think Gardner's a, a practice player as well from the perspective of he he doesn't have a strong arm. But he finds a way to get the football in there. Like, there are passes that come out of Gardner Minshew's hand, and I go, oof. And they they get there. He's got yeah. a lot of Case Keenum in him. I saw the same thing with Case Keenum, who would throw these moon balls, and you're like, oh, uh, safety's getting that. Nope, right in. They pluck right in there. Gardner Minshew's got a lot of that. I think he'll be fine as a backup quarterback. I still think he's a top five backup quarterback in this league because there aren't a lot of good backup quarterbacks. But I, I so from that perspective, I'm not worried. Uh, but you don't want Gardner Minshew to play a lot of games. So, I mean, yeah, the Eagles need Jalen Hurts to stay healthy. Yeah, Gardner Minshew is great for what happened last year. You know, he can go out and beat the Jets. Um, and... But if he's got to play five, six, seven games, you you might start to have some some serious problems. That's how I look at the 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 backup quarterback position. But you're right, Ed Carson Strong has not looked ready at all. And do the Eagles start looking? Do they say is that a potential waiver wire when we get down to fifty three? They start looking at other young quarterbacks and maybe bring somebody in off waivers as sort of a, a de developmental prospect. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're always looking. I mean, they brought Reed Sinet in when last, I mean, the season yeah. was already underway when they brought Sinet in from the Dolphins. So yeah, for sure. They'll, they'll keep looking. Um, they gave strong a lot of money, you know, $320,000 to, to get him to come here. Um, you know, so 
he'll be given some opportunity. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, listen, the Eagles are playing the Jets in what ten days, nine days, August twelfth. Oh, is it that close? August. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, wow. Wow. Right. We got the yeah. open practice Sunday night at the link, and then a week after that, the Saturday after that, they play the Jets. So I, you know, I fully expect to see, you know, Carson Strong at least for a, a quarter, oh. maybe a half. And, Man, that know, is got who's the Jets' third string quarterback, Jody. Do you know offhand? Um, well, Flacco's number two. Yeah. Who is the Jets' third string? I don't remember what youngster they signed. I quick look it up. Um, I do want to get your take on this, Ed, because John and I got a chance to talk about it on uh, Monday. Didn't know it was going to happen. The announcement came out a little earlier than we thought. Uh, the handling of the Deshaun Watson case mm. by Judge Sue Robinson. Um, the NFL needs to make a. Uh, statement either today do they have to tomorrow it's three days I afterwards think it's three days so yes. okay so they happens. could they could wait till tomorrow before they uh, decide whether they are or aren't going to appeal i think it's a foregone conclusion that they are going to appeal not everybody feels that same way some think that they might just accept what sue robinson uh handed out as a punishment the players association has already said they won't challenge they'll accept the punishment that she put forth which is six games how do you think Roger Goodell handles this? I guess he's been kind of busy the last 24, 48 hours coming down with the hammer on Stephen Ross for tampering oh, down yeah. in Miami. Yeah. So uh, if uh, this does go right up to the deadline, supposedly Tony Busby, the attorney for many of the play, if not all the plaintiffs against uh, Deshaun Watson, is having a press conference today. Not sure what that's going to entail, but I know it's going to put some pressure on the NFL. What's going to happen next 24, 48 hours in the Deshaun Watson case? Ed? Well, I, I think what should happen, like you said, is I think with the backlash of this decision that Goodell has to do something. Now, you know, he's not typically known for, you know, showing a whole lot of, you know, backbone, I guess I could say, in this in situations like this. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure he's going to. I, Sue Robinson, I think, is one of those arbitrators that, the league wants to use in matters like this going forward. And this was her first decision handed down. So, you know, if you were to like say, okay, well that wasn't good enough. I mean, what does that say about her going forward? Are they going to use her in, in matters to similar to this or, you know, to adjudicate, adjudicate different That's cases. That's a big no. That would yeah. be a, So, I mean, I, I would be surprised if they just kind of – and you look at the timing of the Dolphins' uh, penalty. It, yeah. It's during this three-day window where maybe it was made to kind of take the eyeballs a little bit off of the Deshaun Watson case. Good that, point, Ed. It's a good point. You know, it, it's not – you know, I don't think it worked. I think people were still talking about Watson, and I think something – I think he needs a little bit more. But you could also say, listen, he, he sat out all last year because of this. So really he served 17 games last year and then six more this year. Yeah, but week. he didn't want to play for the Texans and he got paid. You yeah. Know? He, he yeah. was the one who didn't want to play for the Texans, but you're right. It's a nice deflection. You know, Stephen Ross went real quick. Last one from me at read at si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Kratz E. Um, that the Dolphins now, I know Jody doesn't think so, but the Dolphins are at least in the conversation. If Tua doesn't have a big year, that they would be in the conversation to go quarterback at a quarterback heavy draft. All of a sudden, taking away that first round pick, 
devastates the Dolphins. So if the Eagles are in that position and they need a quarterback and the quarterback, uh, uh, a good quarterback, that helps the Eagles. So what happened to the Dolphins helps the Eagles taking away that first round pick. Sure, sure it does. Um, yeah, that, that's a pretty big, big penalty for the Dolphins, but, you know, well-deserved, you know, and it's, it kind of shows that Brian Flores was right about Stephen Ross, what he said about him. Um, so yeah, that's, that's huge. Um, of course, those Michigan men, those Michigan men close circuit to our buddy, Martin Frank, they are shaky, man. Backdoor dealings. What is, what is Martin? Is Martin involved? I think Martin's got to be involved. All those Michigan guys stick together. Yeah. Oh, by the oh, by the way, the first round draft pick that the Dolphins lose is going to be in twenties, so they they're not playing. Well, yeah, we know you. NFL. You think Tua is going to be a superstar, but I'm just saying if things get derailed, that helps the Eagles dramatically because yeah. they're one team. You got to admit that there's at least the potential, Jody, that uh, they'll be he, looking here's, for. Here's here's what I admit, John. Who do you think is going to be more likely looking for a quarterback in the first round? Eagles or the uh, Dolphins this after this season? Can I can I choose C both? Well, no, one has to be more uh, in need uh, than the other. If I if I were to say who would be, I would say I would say the Dolphins by a slight, maybe one or two percent. Very close though. Very close. So maybe I'm just defaulting because I get to see Jalen Hurts. I know the work ethic. I know the Eagles like him. All that is true. I don't know the relationship with the Dolphins and Tua. I assume he's a hard worker because he comes from the same place Jalen does. So he's got the Nick Saban training as well. So I'm probably just giving him the benefit of the doubt because I get to see him. But I would give a slight advantage to Jalen Hurts. That would be my very slight. Uh, I think question. The, the adding of Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah. That yeah. helps. But A.J. Brown's who is, pretty good. Who is going to put up numbers this year that people are going to have to eat an awful lot of crow about? Yeah, A.J. Uh, Brown's it's, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. I think both guys have weapons. It's just a matter yeah. of executing. And, you know, I, I think I would be with John, I think, and probably go with just a couple percentage points higher for – the Dolphins needing a quarterback rather than the Eagles. But again, I'm, I'm watching Jalen every day or every two out of three days, the way the Eagles practice. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't see two of that often. Um, Tua did surplant Hertz in Alabama. So, you know, he's got a leg up there, but that was a long time ago. College is a lot different than the pros, but um, yeah, I think the Dolphins could be in the market before the Eagles for a quarterback. But again, and now they're they're crippled. And now it's basically yeah. irrelevant because they yeah. don't have their first round pick. Good luck getting high enough to get yes. yourself yes. a first yeah. round quarterback. Yep. Uh, but it won't be necessary because Tua is going to ball out this year. <laughs> Remember, you heard it here first. Uh, okay. Eddie Kratz, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for hopping on board. We'll punch you up again in a couple weeks. Thanks, guys. Have a great Thanks, weekend. Ed. Ed Kratz, Sports Illustrated Eagle Maven, here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. Coming back, we got another very good Eagle Beat reporter joining us in just over 20 minutes from now. Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philly will hop aboard. Stay with us here on Birds 365. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze 
and the Oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mac guys here on Bird Street 65. Appreciate your checking in with us. Uh, wouldn't mind you hitting the like button. Help us out with our algorithm if you'd be so kind. If you're enjoying uh, here the Bird Street 65 episode we've got rolling. Uh, Johnny, two for you before uh, we get back into the birds. Uh, shame on me. I forgot about Mike White, the e- the Jets' third string quarterback, Mike who actually White, had yeah. a. He had, he had a good, a, uh, yeah, he had a great game. That's a big advantage for the Jets in that preseason game. Big four, advantage. 400-yard passing game against the eventual AFC champion yeah. Bengals last year did Mike White. Shame on me for forgetting Mike White. Forget about you. Shame on me. Yeah, Shame on, that, shame on both of us. Uh, yeah. Neither one of us get a pass for this. But uh, I give you a chance to redeem yourself. Jets' fourth-string quarterback, since we're talking about both uh, the third and the fourth string quarterback of the Eagles, Carson uh, Strong could be the fourth string quarterback. Can they keep four? Can they t- keep two quarterbacks on the practice squad? 
Uh, tell me what you know about Steve Strebler or Chris Strebler, excuse me. Chris Strebler. Chris Strebler would be yeah. the Jets' fourth string quarterback. Um, you got any kind of a clue? I have no clue who Chris Strebler is uh, or where he came South from. South Dakota State quarterback who is South previously... Dakota? Yeah. That's uh that's Dallas guy, South Dakota State. Is it South Dakota or South Dakota? Oh, South State? Dakota, not state. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh yeah. No, don't know much about Chris Strebler. I have heard the name before. I don't think he's a rookie, is he? No, formerly with uh the Cardinals and Baltimore and Miami. Yeah. So he's kind of been well traveled as that. Yeah, he's not going to make the roster, but he's going to be in camp and throw the football around and let wide receivers catch a bunch of balls. But he has at least been on practice squads. Yeah, I, shame on me. I should have remembered Mike White. I remember Mike where White, I was. Yeah. That was the week that I uh, took off here on Bird 365. I had to go down uh, for the wedding, my nephew's wedding in uh, the Florida Keys. And I watched that game uh, down there at the bar in the hotel. I couldn't believe what Mike White was doing. Yeah, that's up 400 a yards against Cincinnati. Mike White is a big guy, too. He's like 6'4". Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's like a traditional quarterback. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I, I believe he's a Western Kentucky hilltopper, correct. Mike White, if I'm correct. Um yeah, that's a big advantage at QB3 for the Jets, man. Big advantage. For for winning next Friday night's game, which means zippity-doo-dah. <laughs> yes, uh, Mike White put, may put up some numbers against the Eagles' third-string defense. That and I saw him last year, too, at training joint practices. Man. That oh, that's right. Good. You went to the joint practices between the Jets and the Eagles. Yeah. How'd Mike White look? Um didn't notice him that much, but you know, I'm hyper focused on the Eagles. Uh so. at that point, at that point, Joe Flacco was still yeah, wearing he was still, the white he was and the green the rather Eagles, than yeah. the uh dead green. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, that was that was a while ago, the uh, uh dual practices. But Johnny Mac, we are l- just about two weeks away from the start of the uh combined practices with first the Cleveland Browns and then the Miami Dolphins. When Tua absolutely outshines uh, Jalen Hurts oh, uh, in those practices, you got to root for Jalen Hurts. You're the host of Birds 365, Jody. Oh, Jalen will look good. Tua will look dominant. He'll just uh, make the Eagles look silly on defense. Um, but uh, I digress. Um, that is when we're actually going to be able to see the Eagles play some defense, play some physicality, actually hit somebody. Um, they're not doing that in practice now. Here's a, a weird thing that I thought up and saw it this weekend, and it made me immediately think of the Eagles. Did you see the Buffalo Bills practice over the weekend? Did I see them? No. Yeah, there was one portion of uh, the Bills practice that was highlighted, Sports Center, NFL yeah, Network, everywhere else. I've been immersed else. in Eagles, Bill. You've been so immersed in Eagles, you may have missed this. Uh, a Bills defensive lineman bumped Josh Allen. 
He didn't <laughs> tackle Josh Allen. Did they, he didn't did they have him Josh Allen. He didn't <laughs> grab Josh Allen by the face mask and throw him to the ground. He chest bumped Josh Allen. And Allen, pardon my French, lost his shit and went <laughs> after the guy because he bumped him on a quarterback run. We've been watching training camp fights for as long as I can remember the National Football League, John. And I know the coaches both love them and hate them at the same time. They actually like them because they know it's competition and the guys are taking it seriously yeah. and they're really competing and trying to get the job done. But then they have to talk to guys like John McMongo. It's irrelevant. We can't have that. We can't hurt ourselves. Guys should be able to control themselves. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Love the fact that they're fighting. Eagles even haven't haven't even come close to having that in their first uh, couple of week yeah. and a half of practice. Why? Because they don't touch each other. Well, they you know they put the pads on. They got a little bit uh, more physical, but yeah, they don't. I I remember when Chip got here, um, and that was the first time. You know, it was like a really big deal that the Eagles never had live practice sessions and live sessions i mean tackling to the ground that's live first time ever and i i remember i think the same year might have been the ivy league became the first uh college conference to say um no more hitting at practice and it, it was a big story at time at the time now it's like it would be a story if they are hitting and it, there are live sessions to the practice Doug Peterson used to do one or two a summer, uh, and it was a big deal. It was exciting, but um, that's that's the exception to the rules. So, yeah, we're – I mean, people will argue there's a lot of entitled people uh, to begin with. I mean, quarterbacks are now entitled. They don't expect to get hit. I mean, they don't, you know. So if somebody comes near them, they got the red jerseys on. That means stop. Um, you know, Josh Allen, I didn't see it, but yeah. And by the way, I was Josh just talking Allen, about, I was just Josh talking Allen, about six, six, two thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. He, he so be, desperately yeah. needs to be uh, protected. Yeah. He's, he's bigger than Mike White. He's six, five, two forty, two forty-five. He can, he can take care of himself, but yeah, they're, they don't expect to get hit. So if somebody comes near him, they probably, you know, probably get a little antsy about it. Yeah, it's not the NFL that I remember growing up, but uh, it's not going back to that. But another interesting, I think it was over the weekend again, which I didn't have a chance to talk to, John, when you had, we had you on the last couple of days just getting eagle review from practice. Um, a whole bunch of penalties and fines being handed down over the course of the National Football League to Sean Watson on Monday, yesterday, Stephen Ross of the Dolphins. I'm wondering if Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, way, way too many Jet references today, is also <laughs> going to be a guy to be fined. What did, did he you, do? Did you see him step out and say he didn't necessarily think the guardian caps that the players are wearing in practice? Is uh, yeah, a, good a lot idea? of people have. A lot of people have. Um, a lot of players don't like him. Now, we asked Tracy Rocker. Tracy wanted to avoid it. You know, but it was clear he didn't like it either. Nobody likes it. Uh, Lane Johnson's great. I always joke that the the quote of Eagles training camp always comes from Lane Johnson. 
And I think his quote about the guarding caps where they're goopy as shit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, it doesn't hurt, I guess. Um, but Kelsey Go- made fun of it with the bubble wrap. Right. Saw the Go- bubble goofy, wrap, right? Is, goofy as shit is funny and, and yeah. it's humorous and it's entertaining. Oh, Robert Sala came out and said he thinks they're disadvantageous. That because yeah. the players wear them and they're so protective that when they actually do collide heads, have any contact with their head in practice with these on, when the regular season starts and they're no longer in place and the player uh, hits someone with their helmet the same way they did, they actually have a chance to do more damage than if they did never use the Guardians and they didn't get used to having that extra protection yeah. up there. He actually questioned whether they're a good idea or not. All goofy <laughs> shit looking aside. Yeah, he should he should know better. But you know, you just brought up the fights. It's the same thing with that. Like you you're right. Like coaches will, you know, secretly say, Yeah, yeah, get it going, or at least a different generation. And then they'd go in front of the media and say, Oh, we can't have that. We gotta be blah, blah, blah. blah. Same thing with these things. There's a lot of coaches that believe. Um, I call it the calloused hand theory. Um, you know, if, if, if you work on the docks, you know, if I showed up to work on the docks today, Jody, I'd be in deep trouble. If I were doing it on the deadliest catch, a, a, a crab fisherman, I'd be in deep trouble. You got to work yourself out. You got to prepare your body to take that kind of punishment. Um, that's what a lot of coaches think about, um, NFL football and why they don't like the current environment. Uh, but most of them are smart enough not to say it. Uh, I, I think Robert Sala has a point. He probably shouldn't say it in public. You can say it behind the scenes all he wants, but yeah, I mean, it, you have to, you have to prepare your body to play NFL football because it's, it's a, it's a violent sport and they keep trying to take the violence out of a violent sport. And you can't do it. All you're doing is you're eliminating it until they get on the field. And then you're like, go do it. I don't, I, I kind of agree with Robert Sala. doesn't make a lot of sense. So I've, I've had this discussion with people. I think I've told you in the past, uh, Irv Mushnick, uh, uh, author who's done a lot of concussion stuff. I have a lot of respect for Herb because Herb will have the conversation with me that you should ban football. I understand those people. I can work with those people. It's a violent sport. It's not good for you. There's no way to save if you're playing it, you're you're at potential to have some cognitive issues down the road, just like boxing, things like that. I can have a conversation with those people. It's the disingenuous people that we can make this safer, that we can do this. And then they're, oh, but when you get on the field, right. go. We'll, that, we'll, that to we'll me do everything a, up until Sunday. And yeah. then Sunday, <clears throat> let, let's get Barbarian and get back into the yeah. Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- those are the people that do annoy me as well. I'm on the same page as you are, Johnny Mac. Yeah. So that from my perspective. But Robert Sala, you know, you got to play the game, buddy. Yeah. You got to play the game. And I think there's a happy medium in there somewhere. 
but I think at least because we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles every day here on Birds 365 and the Eagles have taken non-physical practice, <clears throat> non-pressurized practice to a new level, even above and beyond their other 31 counterparts in the National Football League. I think the pendulum has swung a little too far too fast. There's got to be a happy medium in there somewhere because they're not, oh, by the way, Jane, the, the minuscule changes that they're making is more about uh, putting offensive points on the board than saving the physicality of no, uh, the it's game. about optics. The safety part of it is about optics. That's all it is. I'm sorry for people who don't like that, but that's all it is. It's about, well, it's about two things. It's about optics and also indemnity from future lawsuits to say, uh, we, we're we doing this. See, we didn't purposefully, you, you're trying to signal uh, to cut off some of those future things. But everybody, you know, it's uh, ironic, Jody. Everybody who plays football knows how dangerous it is. And if you talk to a 22-year-old, here's the problem. If you talk to a 22-year-old, you can think about yourself when you were 22. I can think about myself, our listeners. You think you're indestructible. You think, I'm, I'll, I'll take that cost-benefit analysis. You're, you're going to give me $3 million? I'm going to go play football. I'm good at it. Um, I'm 22 years old. And then they're 52 years old. And it's a different conversation. Um, and they're not feeling the same way. They might have kids, you know, they might have some of those cognitive issues. Um, it becomes a much more real life conversation. How do you solve that issue? You can't solve that issue because 22 year olds don't think like 52 year olds and they're thinking changes and you want to go back and read legislate and say you should have stopped me from playing this game. I'm I'm of the belief that let adults do what they want to do, but give them the information. Look, this is very, very, very dangerous to your future health. If you want to play with that knowledge, you're an adult, then it's on you. Right. And you've made the well, you're expected to be an adult at 22. And you and I both know that not every person no, I wasn't, is the same at any two. I wasn't an adult yeah. at 22, yeah. not even close. But we consider that's the demarcation line we have is really 21 or 18, depending on the issue. We're all idiots at 18 and 21. I've yet to meet a non-idiot at 18 or 21. Honestly, I mean, they might be smart people, but they're not fully developed from an emotional experience standpoint. Everybody's got to go through it. Got to grow up and the National Football League has put uh, reservations on how quickly you can grow up while prepping for a season. When you go out there on Sunday, the first Sunday, second Sunday in September, feel free to go ahead and kill somebody. But up until then, we'll take it very <laughs> soft and gentle uh, in prepping for the season. All right, uh, we're not going to take it soft or gentle with our next guest. He's one of the best at covering the Philadelphia Eagles. He does it for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Dave Zangaro, up next here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You got your Mac and Mac guy, Jody McDonald, John McMoney, when you're on first 365. Uh, Dave Zengaro is going to join us uh, shortly. Uh, outstanding Eagles beat guy for uh, NBC Sports, uh, Philly, both.com and on the TV there he side. Is. And, yeah. In the green room. There's Dave Zengaro. Good well, to see you, Dave. Of- it's, it's been a long time. Good to see you, Dave. <laughs> It hasn't been all that long. Good to get you back is the way I would state it. And oh, by the way, uh, we're streaming here. Got a lot of TV time this past month. It looks like you just got a haircut. Uh, You're looking uh, good there, brother. Uh, We're going to make you into a TV star. He's already Uh, a TV star. Come on, Jody. He's already a TV star. The TV is fun. It's uh, I like in like this part of my career trying new things. And like I like doing TV. It's fun. All right, but I do have to ask you one TV question. Is it intimidating when you're either standing next to Big Boy Barrett and or Taryn Hatcher, who looks to be taller than you two? I know one's more intimidating for me. You can guess which one. <laughs> well, the funny thing, so me and Barrett did a show a while back, and it happened to be the uh, the, the first day of uh, rookie minicamp. 
and I was out there watching the Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis walked in. So that was the way I started that show was saying we look like the Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis walking in the practice <laughs> together. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am a, a shorter person. Natural leverage, as Jim Schwartz would say. Uh, the worst was I used to have to do uh, TV hits with John Clark Ooh, after games on the too. field. Yeah. yeah, And we would have uh, – they, they had the box, you know, so I'd yeah. have to stand yeah. on the box. And one day, Les Bowen saw it from the press box – and got a snapped a photo of me on the box <laughs> next to John Clark. I'm like, well, John's like eight feet tall. <laughs> you know, I think you know, like we're we're both equidistant from the median height of like yeah. an average male. Yeah. It's just, you know. Well, I, now I took the picture, Dave. You used it as your profile picture. I like that one. This one was I good. think yeah, Jordan Bailata, his rookie season. So I saw Dave talking to him. Dave, <laughs> you did like a uh, a whole camp sort of diary with Jordan, I think that year. So mm-hmm. you were talking to him a lot. And I just saw one day out on the field, there's Dave standing next to Jordan Mylotta. And it's just striking how big Jordan Mylotta to this day. I mean, I'm like, Jordan Mylotta is just absurd, the size of that man. It's so funny. I, we talk about Jordan yeah. Davis all the time being this like monster. Yeah. I, I think like we've kind of forgotten just how big Mylotta is. Like he is. He's bigger yeah, than mean, Jordan oh, Davis. Yeah. I mean, he oh, is yeah. he's huge. And I think he's gotten bigger, which is scary uh, to think about where he started and where he is now. Well, he's listed at like 346. He's not 346. He's 380. He's 380. Yeah. He told Baldy last year he's 380. He admitted yeah. it to Baldy. And by the way, he carries it well. It's not like, <laughs> you know, he's got the frame for it, which is yeah. the, the, the freakish part of it. I think the difference for me is, Dave, it, there's, you know, Jordan's the biggest, but you see these giant tackles on the outside. Lane Johnson's huge, mm-hmm. um, you know, 6'6", 320, whatever Lane is. But And I saw Jordan Davis, and we're, I was up in the stands because they were in the middle field, and he was lined up at nose tackle. It's a first-team rep, so Kelsey's there. It's like an eclipse. You couldn't see Kelsey. <laughs> I've never seen anybody that big in the middle of the defensive line. I think that's why it's his it's height striking. makes him unique. Yeah. Like we were here. He didn't play very well here, but like Haloti Nada was a, a big boy. Oh, yeah. The height in the is, middle. Yeah. But, the, but height, the height of Jordan Davis makes it a little different. Yeah. It, and and it is striking. So let's start there with the rookies because um, you know, they started them all off slowly. The um not all cam jergens actually was the one surprisingly because uh jason was coming back from covid but uh he got thrown into the deep end of the pool but they started jordan slow now he's getting first team reps they started nicobe slow he's still behind uh tj edwards kaiser white davion taylor um what do you think of the way they're handling the rookies any surprises to you no i mean i get pretty much why they've done everything you know jordan davis not being out there at the beginning of practice because marlon toy pelotu was you go all right that was yeah like this isn't going to last very long uh i'll go through those three though because they're the main ones we're all going to talk grant too grant got yeah he flashed a little bit quick yeah yeah and then he got hurt Um, hurt. uh jordan davis was a little quiet the first few days but that's kind of to be expected 
on uh what was that monday when they put shoulder pads on he started to show up a little bit he got some first team reps beginning on uh, saturday for the first time so he's he, they've been integrating him more and now he's consistently getting first team reps he's flashing a little bit in those reps i think he's starting to and in the one-on-ones he's just really fun to watch uh it, the things he can do at that size it makes no sense Cam Jurgens in those one-on-ones has been very good too. He has like a unique understanding for someone that young of leverage. I think, you know, he's getting compared to Kelsey because of their athleticism. And I think when people think of athleticism, it's like, you know, second level blocking and pulling and all that. But leverage is a big part of what's made Kelsey so good for so long as an undersized center. And at least my first glimpse at the, the rookie Cam Jurgens is he gets that too. Uh, and the Kobe Dean, who I've been very bullish on, has had a quiet camp. And I don't think that's like a bad thing. I, I think he's probably figuring out how to play in this defense. He's learning a couple spots at once. I uh, got his first first team reps on Tuesday. Uh, but the players in front of him played really well. So uh, it might be a little harder for him to crack this lineup than I initially thought. TJ Edwards has been fantastic. Kaiser White's made some plays. Even Davion Taylor's looked very good. Yeah. So. Um, I still am very bullish on Nicobe Dean. It just might take him a little longer than I first anticipated. Eagles with actual linebacker depth. Now that that we're not news though. We're just gonna have to get used to that. I I want to get your take on something John said first hour of today's show. The kind of scared me a little bit. I, I certainly believe McMullen knows what he's talking about, but that the Eagles, like a lot of teams in the National Football League. Don't worry about a quarterback making progressive reads. That it's more a concept game than it is a read game. Here's what we're going to emphasize. Here's what we want the quarterback to do. And then we're just going to plug in the one or two players that are going to give us the best chance to move the football down the field. That they've narrowed the focus of what football is about because the college game develops these players in a specific way. Uh, the quarterback I'm referring to now. Um, so we're, we're not going to push the envelope and try and uh, re- rebuild the wheel when we get there, our hands on them uh, on the National Football League level. Do you think that is across the league? Is that just an Eagle thing? John said it was an NFL executive who stated it to him. So he was kind of uh, using the breath of the entire National Football League. Is that the direction that the league is headed in? Let's teach teach concepts rather than have faith that our quarterback can actually on a given play drop back and pick the the spot that best is to deliver the football i i think in general that's probably true i but i also think it's player specific like if you have a player who can do that at a high level you're not gonna not do it you know um but in the eagle situation uh they have a quarterback they're best suited to kind of narrow that focus And that's what they're doing. And it's not that hard to figure out what the focus is a lot of the times. You know, they have certain players on this offense, and they grew by one player this offseason with A.J. Brown that they're they're focusing on getting the football to. And uh, and A.J. Brown is a guy who – and I've asked Sirianni about this, and he kind of made it a general thing, but it's more specific than that. A.J. Brown is the type of player you scheme. Like you scheme up and you try to get him involved in, in certain specific ways because he has a very unique skill set. And that's a lot of what their offense is going to be. It's, you know, there, there are going to be AJ plays and there are going to be Devontae plays and there are going to be Dallas Goddard plays in this offense. And that doesn't mean that 
on any given play, they're not going to let Jalen go through the reads and get through the progressions, which is something I still think even with the narrowed focus, he needs to get better at. Um, even on those plays, like if, if the first read isn't there, yeah, he has to get a little deeper into it. Um, but in general, yeah, I think John's probably on it, especially in this case. And, and I haven't, I'll be honest, like my, my focus is pretty narrow too. I'm yeah. really watching yeah. this team and, and I, I don't put a ton of time into watching what the rest of the league is doing in those areas. Uh, but with this team, I think that's certainly the case. Um, I mentioned, I, I, I started to kind of get a feeling um, and I, I backed it up with our buddy Elliot Shore Parks that uh, he obviously uh, puts together all the, the camp stats. There wasn't a ton of traffic from my perspective to Devontae Smith uh, mm-hmm. early in camp. And, and I started to think, I don't think that's a Devontae problem. I don't think that's a Jalen Hurts problem. I think the Eagles are trying to get the football first and foremost, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. And that doesn't concern me because they're two really good players. But what does concern me is if you get too hyper-focused on them and you start to get forget about Devontae Smith, I think that's a problem. I think that's a potential problem down the road. Do you get that feeling, Dave, or am I jumping the gun on that? I think you're jumping the gun a little bit, but it, it's something, it's not a problem yet, but I, I agree with you that it's something to keep an eye on because there are going to be games where like one of these, those three is probably going to be the odd man out. There's only, God, I almost said the cliche. There's only one football, but there really is. <laughs> I mean, they, and there is. they yeah. have to figure out ways to incorporate all of them. And honestly, if you're looking at like, if, if you had to pick the guy you really want to get involved, it's, it's going to be AJ Brown. It's, it's yeah. Him, yeah. him over Devonte, And that's not a shot at Devonte, Who's, you know, had a very good rookie season and by all accounts is getting better still, but AJ Brown is a legitimate top receiver in this league. And he's a guy that, like I mentioned, you should find ways to get him the football in, in different ways. And we've seen that at camp too. It's not just like, you know, I've been impressed by some of the, some of the, you know, just like just slants from AJ Brown, but we've seen him uh, take sweeps and we've seen him do other things near the line of scrimmage, which I think will be a part of his game too. All right, Dave, I'm going to give you a chance to either agree and or disagree with John McMullen again here. Oh, in the first five days, I'll go disagree. Trouble. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> let, let me at least get it out there right. first. Uh, first five days of Eagles practice, John McMullen said earlier in the show, the most productive Eagle player was James Bradbury. Agree or disagree? Uh, I, I will disagree, but he's been good. I mean, he's been he's been very steady. Uh, I like him at the line of scrimmage, too. He's a bigger yeah. body type of guy. Did you see that rep against Devontae in one-on-ones? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good for Devontae, too. That'll yeah. really help Devontae. Yeah. Uh, honestly, being nitpicky, my, the guy who I've been most impressed with has been TJ Edwards. Um, who calls the most underrated player on the Eagles? How can you not go TJ Edwards, Johnny Mack? Well, you know, TJ, it's funny how quickly TJ has gone from you know, undrafted rookie, ninth on the depth chart, he said, to, like, nobody worries about him now, Dave. We we were talking to Nick Rollis. He got about 10 questions before anybody brought up T.J. Edwards because T.J.'s so good. 
nobody nobody has any questions about it's him. Given, it's, yeah. it's 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 really amazing to see how that has turned so quickly and now he seems to be getting the the veteran star treatment like they're putting him on a pitch count like when yeah. when when Nicobe got some first team reps that's because hey tj take it easy we got to keep you healthy uh it's amazing how how much tj edwards has improved and he's one of those guys, and I'm sure you've seen Dave and Marcus Epps is in this conversation as well. He owns his own gym. Those guys have totally remade their bodies since when they first got here. And yeah. TJ's always working out with TJ Watt and Wisconsin guys. Yeah. You work he out is, with the Watts, you're going to get a little yeah, little yeah. boost there. He 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 is a heck of a football player. I mean, it, it's yeah. amazing how quickly that happens. And and so much of like the reason people were doubting it was just because the four numbers, seven eight four yeah, seven eight four seven eight. That's what he and ran. It's like it's frustrating for him. He still hears about that. Yeah. And like, what else does he have to do? He he's good in coverage. I know. <laughs> you know, people. Like, you see a four seven eight. You go. He probably wasn't good in coverage. No, no. He he's he's good in coverage because he's so his instincts are so next level, and he's been if I had to pick one player who I've been, you know, who, who I think has been most productive, it will be TJ. Uh, but Bradbury is a good choice. I think Marcus Epps, you mentioned him has been very solid, very, very solid. He's not leaving the field this year. Um, on offense. I don't know if there's been Dallas Goddard. Dallas has been good. Dallas um, has been very good. Miles um, has been good. Despite who, the second team reps. <laughs> who's that? Miles. Well, oh, 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 you yeah, have oh, a couple. Yeah, have a couple drop passes. Yeah, he had the there. he had like a triple yeah. catch on day one. He had a drop yeah. yesterday in the flat. We know he needs to work on that, but yeah. he's running harder than I've ever seen him run. Yeah. All right, let me uh, follow up with DJ Edwards because last year I, I about two or three weeks before the Eagles cut a new contract with him and extended him into this year. Mentioned, you know, this is a perfect fit for Howie Roseman. Howie loves to do those in advance, get a slight team favorable rate because you make the commitment to you go to the player rather than have the agent come to you. And damn, if they didn't get the Edwards done like three weeks later, did Howie actually make a mistake? Should he have gone more than a year? Because that's all they did. That's all they needed to do. So that's all they did was a year. Should they ex have extended TJ Edwards more than that? They could have. I mean, it it was it was technically a contract extension. It was a one year thing, but he was about to be a restricted free agent. Yeah. So, I mean, they I would don't have... know if they could, but you might know this, Dave, because you're well versed on contracts. I meant to ask Joel Corey about that because TJ was undrafted, and as you mentioned, those are three year contracts. Yeah. When can they? Yeah. When um, can they get the motion? Yeah. And uh, I forgot to ask. It doesn't, it doesn't come up very often. Yeah, honestly. it doesn't. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know if the Eagles could have. I, 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 but I have to check on that. And Dave's yeah. very well versed. In any, so. in any case, they, you know, he was gonna be here this year. Yeah, and they, they would have, they would have had a decision to make of what, like, what level tender they would have offered him. I mean, the way he played last year, he's probably a second. Round tender well, that's guys. essentially they gave them the second round tender yeah. early. Essentially, yeah, pretty much what they did. So, 
I think it was a smart decision, but he's a guy who would, you know, if we see last year was Jordan, I think Jordan Mailata the day before the regular season. Mm -hmm. If we see a day before the regular season extension, it might be TJ Edwards. They have a few of those guys um, who could be, you know, during the, like kind of the, you know, the sweat and all that that draft class of Vante. They have, TJ Edwards, Marcus yeah. Epps, and you know Miles is Miles Sanders is the big one, and I wouldn't rule that out if he starts off pretty strong, getting an extension done with him. Yeah. How quickly Bradbury, if he starts playing well, do you start well, talking? That one might. Yeah. That one might. He be might want to bet on himself, but yeah, and he might be wise to do that. He he's in a different a different place in his career than those other three. Those other three haven't gotten. No, yeah. Yeah. He's gotten the contract and he's running out of time to get another big one. So now he to me is more the Tim Jernigan. Remember Tim? I think Tim I miss Timmy Jernigan, by the way. Yeah. I think they signed Tim to one year, if I recall, to begin with, and then he played really, really well. Well, they traded for him. him. Uh, yeah. And they and they gave him the extension. He had they gave him an extension in season, then he got hurt, unfortunately. But he played yeah, the really, most mysterious really well. injury in Eagles history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> During that one off season, yeah. That uh, and I think that extension would have been fine if he stayed healthy. He was a pretty good player. Yeah, um, he was. wasn't the same player after that. Yeah. Tim uh, Jernigan, by the way, in his first training camp, he did the uh, like the army roll from like they shifted <laughs> on the defensive line. Yeah, and he did the old like tumble and roll and, and get back in his stance. The last time I've seen that on a football field with Tim Jernigan. <laughs> I'd like guys to bring that back. That's a fun play. So it that doesn't is. do anything, but if I'm an offensive line and I see You're like, what the hell? What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> yeah, but there's the possibility that you can get hurt. And the National Football League <laughs> is all about not getting hurt these days. So you can wish for it, Zingaro. You're not getting it anytime I'm soon. I'm going to talk to Jordan can... Davis about this. See if pretty I can get pretty much it. guarantee you that. Um, <laughs> all right, then I'll go down that road for you. One of my favorite questions, the hypothetical question. Uh, first game of the year in Detroit against the Lions. Jalen Hurts forced out of the pocket, turns it upfield, takes a hit, a devastating hit. Oh, no, the National Football League, they actually hit. Someone comes and absolutely just demolishes Jalen Hurts into the Eagle bench, who takes out the legs of Gardner Minshew. And both are laying there on the ground. Oh, my God. This is quite the hypothetical. Wow. Yeah, it's a true hypothetical. Uh, Who's coming in to take the next snap for the Eagles? Is it A, Reed Stinnett? Is it B, Carson Strong? Is it C, Greg Ward? Because neither Reed Stinnett or Carson Strong were activated for the game. And the Eagles went with just two quarterbacks. Michael Britton Kobe. He played quarterback in high school. Uh, yeah, we don't know that he's going to be activated yeah. week number one either. Or is it going to be Miles Sanders in the Wildcat? What way are the Eagles going if they lose both of their quarterbacks in a play against Detroit week one? That's a now, long way to say Carson Strong has not looked good. That was a roller coaster. I yeah. thought I was getting a Jalen Hurts question. Then I thought yeah. I was getting a Gardner question. Then I thought uh, I was no, getting no, a... No, 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 no. Uh, honestly, who comes in at that point? Somebody um, who is not here. Basically. Yeah, well, I don't. So, I'm going to sidestep the question. I know where you're getting <laughs> at, but they're not going to have three quarterbacks active on game day, no matter who the third stringer is and who if he's on the practice squad or not. So it'd have to be 
someone on the roster to be the emergency quarterback. So if Greg Ward's on the roster, it would be him. If it's not Greg Ward, they'll have to figure that out, who the uh, the emergency QB is going to be. TJ Edwards, TJ. high school quarterback, not, yeah. not a very good one by his own yeah. admission. Hey, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I, know I, I know I went far afield to get to the question, but thank you both for understanding what I was doing. But now let me, let me make it practical. <laughs> Yeah. Has anyone like a Kobe or a Ward or a DJ, has anybody taken a snap in the first five practices? At some point, no. you want to have that, emer- like the emergency catcher. Every once in a while, you just go back and catch like five pitches. Okay, that's enough. We know you can do it. You can catch the ball. Uh, same thing with quarterback. Has anybody done any of that in practice? That's no, it's, yeah, it's, it's nah. honestly like, yeah, they don't you have, have to, you have that. to, yeah, you have to weigh the risk reward there. Yeah. And it's like the chance that it's going to happen versus, and, and like, if, if it were to happen, it needs to be someone in the offense who at least understands the offense yeah. enough, but they're not going to run the offense. If it's an emergency <clears throat> quarterback, my favorite thing like this ever though, John, you'll remember this was when, uh, when John Dorenbos got hurt and, uh, Oh yeah, the Eagles was, had their like a, they have was, the plan. They always have their plans, and the long snapper. Somebody else snapper, got hurt that game. Yeah, who? Yeah. who? Well, well, Brent Selleck was an emergency yes, long snapper, yes, but yes. for whatever reason, this was at the point where Michael Kendricks was frustrated by his role yeah. in the defense, so he just took it upon himself to start trying a long snap on the sideline. And after the game, we said, "Oh, Mike, are you like one of the?" the emergency long snapper and said, no, I just figured I'd, I'd give it a try and see if I could do it and see if I could help out. And that was, yeah, that was a fire drill. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fire drill. Um, yeah. What, one of my favorite quotes, NFL quotes ever, I probably told Jody, this Tom Moore, somebody asked him the question when he had Pete Manning and I think Jim Sorge was the backup and it wasn't somebody was at practice all the time. And they, they asked him some kind of question about practicing and why Sorgi didn't get reps uh, during practice. Uh, and he just looked at them and he said, uh, if, if 18 gets hurt, we're bleeped. I could say <laughs> we're fucked and we don't practice fucked. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much how NFL coaches think of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> I and the, that. The, yeah. The great Tom Moore. Uh, back to the Eagles, as they say, in Philadelphia, though, Dave. Um, the defense as a whole, I think, has been pretty impressive. Even yesterday, when the offense kind of had their breakout day, I thought the defense was still pretty good. They mm-hmm. they dominated that red zone drill. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Bradbury and, 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 and Slay and Maddox kind of lost reps and one-on-ones, but they also won reps. You know, they're also fighting and, and making the receivers better. Um, the defensive line looks deep and versatile. They, they've given us different looks. I saw Brandon Graham inside. Uh, it was actually Hassan Reddick inside of Brandon Graham. I saw Patrick Johnson inside of Josh Sweat. They, they have that big look where it's, Jordan Davis and Fletcher and Javon Hargrave. Does this have a chance to be a pretty good defense? Yeah, it does. Um, less excuses for Jonathan Gannon, honestly. You know, he, he has players now. You could look at last year and say the talent wasn't where it needed to be. He didn't have the right players to do 
schematically what he wanted to do. There, I mean, no excuses now. I mean, this defense ought to be better this season. And he knows that. And, you know, they really added four or five significant pieces to that defense on offense. They added one player and he's a good player in AJ Brown, but one starting player on offense on defense, they added several starting caliber players, James Bradbury, certainly an upgrade Jordan Davis. Even if he's not a starter, he's going to play quite a bit. Um, the Dean, we'll see where he fits in, but I think that's a big addition because your white has looked pretty good. Um, and then Hassan Reddick, obviously, is the biggest addition. And uh, I know there was a lot made of – and look, those questions have to be asked about how much he was dropping in those first couple practices. Ideally, he doesn't drop that much, right? Ideally, he's a pass rusher, and I think he <laughs> yeah. will be. So they have to practice it. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. there are moments where, yes, he's going to have to drop in coverage. There have been moments in the last few years where Derek Barnett has to drop in coverage based on what they're doing. Yeah. So. Um, I compared it to a power pitcher in baseball, Dave. It's mm-hmm. like if you have uh, a guy throwing 100, he doesn't throw all fastballs. you yeah. got to throw a curveball in there occasionally. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I thought people looking at Hassan Reddick. He, he's gonna- it's a fair question to ask because I think you can get into that trap like early in his career. and like His, his career has shown you the blueprint for how to use him. Yeah. Yeah, more than a lot of other players. He but has early in his drop. career in Arizona, they were trying to make him an off-ball linebacker. That yeah. to me was a misevaluation. And then sure, they kind absolutely. of figured out. They said, which oh, was no. always kind of weird that they did yeah. that, by the way. Yeah, because like God, he, he was a pass. Like, yeah. why, why he was athletic enough to play off-ball, but and the fact that it took them that two long. and a half years yeah. to figure out that he was better suited rushing was wild. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think Gannon's going to make that same mistake. I still think he's obviously his prime. They didn't pay him 15. Exactly. The contract. We lost Dave. Did oh, you lose, did Dave? We lose Dave? But, but Dave's right. Um, they didn't pay him $15 million. Now, occasionally you're going to throw a curveball and he's going to drop into coverage. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be, I think 73 times is how many times he dropped into coverage last year with Carolina and Dave's back. I think it was 73 times he dropped into coverage with Carolina last year. Some mm-hmm. just over 70. Yeah. Um, the smallest percentage of his career. Yeah. I think a similar number here would be fine. If it gets to 140. Yeah. Then I, then I think you, there's some reason to criticize uh, Jonathan Gannon. Right. And I, I believe Gannon more than I do Sirianni in the um, attempt to disguise what you're actually doing pre-snap. And that I think Jonathan Gannon puts more of an emphasis on it than Sirianni does. Because if John is right about their teaching system rather than reads, then you can figure out the Eagle offense easier than you can figure out the Eagle defense. All right, uh, last one for me, Dave, since you uh, evoked his name and out of fear that I will be uh, once again chastised because I chastised the player. How good is Derek Barnett going to be this year? He's going to be an average player because he's an average player. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's, at this point, we know what he is. I think when you talk about Barnett, you just have to, at this point, remove the first round pick thing. Like people, he's obviously an underwhelming first round pick, but he's also not a bust. I mean, he's played, and he's played at an average level. He's an average NFL edge rusher. And um, 
I think you have to just re- like the expectations for him at this point in his career. Like he's so far removed from being a first round pick and hoping he's a double digit sack guy that if you look at him as a rotational edge player, all right, like he's fine. Um, I think a lot of the things he does end up a little underrated in some ways because the bad is so in your face. The penalties are so awful. And yeah, so on offsides yesterday. It's, it's always yesterday. Him. It's, it's always, always him. him. It, but yeah. it wasn't. It was also Josh Sweat yesterday yeah. too. So it's not yeah. always him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like those things are frustrating. Sometimes the lack of discipline on certain plays, or at least the perceived lack of discipline on some run plays, where he sells out too hard. And uh, but like there are reasons his teammates like him, and there are reasons the coaches like him because he plays hard. Uh, he gives you effort, and I know that's like people are going to roll their eyes at that, but now that he's a rotational player and he doesn't have to be a starter, that's fine. You know, yeah. they're not paying him a ton, whatever. Uh, and tremendous discipline from uh, Dave Zangaro. Follow him on Twitter at D Zangaro, NBCS. Read him, NBCSports.com backslash Philadelphia. Jalen Rager, we'll leave it there. Shows up, Dave. Gets some first-team reps. Quez Watkins has to tap out with a bit of an illness. He makes the big play. Um, he's got some talent. I mean, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, in training camp, we've seen it before. Yeah. Zach Pascal hasn't been able to get out there. Uh, can Jalen Rager get back into this wide receiver conversation? Uh, what conversation are we having about being on the team? Then, yes. If we're talking about him being a legitimate weapon in this, can he offense, push Quez Watkins? Can he no. push Quez Watkins? No. No, I don't think he's as good. I just don't. Um, I think he can be on the team. I think his role in team would be backup receiver and return man if he makes the roster. Uh, I don't think he's as good as Quez. I don't think he's as good. I don't think he's as consistent. Um, and that's the key for him. It's we see flashes. Yeah, he's and definitely we, he, not as consistent. Yeah, um, and that's what matters. You know, yeah. it's like he can't flash and then be a complete liability on the next snap. It doesn't work that way. Uh, the best drop he could make is dropping his phone somewhere. Yes. Uh, get rid of that thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think there's some talent in there, but he has to prove it at this point. And yeah, it can't I think just be I, one I, play. I still think it's he's a change of scenery guy. I think it would be better for him. It would would be better for the Eagles, but you know, it's hard to give up on a 2020 first round pick that early. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Long. And I, I still think he's going to be on the roster. Maybe I'm crazy, but. All yeah. right, then let's finish on this note, Dave. Who's got a better chance as small as it is to actually be cut and not be on this roster released by the Philadelphia Eagles poisoning himself, Jalen Rager or got food poison, Zach Pascal. Whose poison could actually end up putting them on the uh, <laughs> DFA list? No longer a Philadelphia Eagle, Pascal or Rager? Um, I I kind of lost the track of that question, but I'll just I'll answer it. No, who, who do you think's more likely to be cut? The more likely to be cut, uh, Pascal or probably, Rager? More likely to be cut, probably Rager. Uh, hmm. I, I, you know, if you're the and and we'll have to see. I mean, Pascal has to practice at some point. He's missing. Yeah, he's I mean, they, it, it wouldn't take much to move on from Zach Pascal from a financial standpoint. It wouldn't. 
Uh, but he is the coach's favorite player. Yeah. And, but uh, you know what? The coach likes Deion Kane. Eddie Kratz said likes... he thought Pascal could be cut. I said no chance. There is no chance Nick Sirianni is cutting Zach Pascal. He'll He's keep him in the hospital yeah. bed with food poisoning. Before I, I put it at 1% when camp started. And now it's probably 10, 11%. The coach likes Deion Kane as well, Dave. And Deion Kane's quietly had yeah. a good game. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been a surprise. DZ, always a pleasure. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks much, bud. We'll certainly get you up before the season starts. Thanks for giving us a training camp up, uh, update. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, Dave. Dave Zingaro, NBC Sports Philly. 10% chance that Zach Pascal is cut because of Yeah, the well, only thing. because you got to get on the field. I don't know when he's getting on the field. Um, and when you're not on the field and you don't have a big contract, you, you leave the door open for guys who are, are on the field are younger. Um, maybe they have a bigger upside. I'm just saying it opens the door. It's very unlikely, but it opens the door slightly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Food, food poisoning is not going to get him cut. Broke, His contract broken, broken leg could get him injury uh, negotiated uh, settlement. Food poisoning's not doing it. He's gonna be here. He's the coach's favorite player. Did you the first time Nick Sirianni mentioned Zach Pascal? Did you have to look up his name? No, but um, you know it is interesting how much he mentioned him. But I, I, but he wasn't I, even here. He's on the team now. He wasn't even here, and he I, kept I, referencing him last yeah, year. Yeah, but like he mentioned that he he occasionally mentioned, like he mentions Austin Eckler a, a lot. He mentions Keenan Allen a lot. Those are good players. But he mentioned Deion Kane. He did it again the other day. He used to mention Deion Kane. Um, Zach Pascal's not his favorite player. His favorite player is you know, he's not dumb. His favorite players are Jason Kelsey and and the stars of this team. He likes the way Zach Pascal uh, goes about his business, uh, and he thinks he's a good um, uh, a good person to have around uh, to teach people how to do the job correctly. Teach people how to be professionals, as coaches will always say. He loves that from Zach Pascal, but you know. If you could find that somewhere else, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's talent. Not, it's not coming from Jalen Rager. I can assure you no, that. But talent uh, trumps. And again, contracts tell a lot. You know, they could move on from Zach Pascal and forget Zach Pascal was ever here in 10 seconds. There are contracts you can't move on from. So when you have a contract that is that easy to move on from, you at least have to throw that in there and say, well, you know, you got to get on. All I'm saying is he's got to get on the field. Remember, I said this, Johnny Mac, and you'll appreciate it, Mr. Wrestling fan. Coach goes to the map for Zach Pascal. Uh, Howie Roseman starts to talk about how roster issues are squeezing the wide receiver position and there's no real financial commitment well, to well, Zach Pascal. Oh, not happening. The coach will not allow that to happen. Yeah, Nick well, Sirianni has been positive. a good organizational guy. Doug Peterson got fired because he flexed his muscles and decided he was going to try and dictate about the coaching staff. Sirianni's done none of that since he's gotten here, at least that we know of. Oh, he'll go to the mat for Zach. Well, I know we got one last point, and I know we got to go to our final break. A positive for Zach Pascal as well is those Eagles second-tier receivers 
don't look very good. Now, if all of a sudden a Britton Covey or a Devin Allen show up in preseason, then it starts to become a more interesting conversation. But they don't have guys. The Carrick Wheatfields, uh, the John Hightowers is still here. I don't know how, but he's still here. Um, Lance Lenore. I mean, these guys are not pushing anybody. Um, that could change with – it's a big long shot, but that could change with Devin Allen specifically. But I don't even know if Devin Allen wants to play, to yeah, be honest. Still TBD. All right, yes, Johnny Mac, we're running late. Coming back, Mac and Mac, Birds 365. Stay right there. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Running over, running late here on Birds 365. So I'm going to hit my partner Johnny Mac with just a quick a couple quickies and get out the door. First things first, prediction. 
over the next 24 hours, probably before you uh, rejoin us as a guest tomorrow here on Birds 365. Um, NFL will or won't appeal the suspension laid out by Sue Robinson. Will they say, no, we're planning on appealing it and... I guess you only need to appeal and then you can actually string out how much punishment you are looking at thereafter because Goodell can separate himself from the guy who's going to announce the appeal and then announce how much he thinks it should be. Will it come down as one big move if it comes down and they're appealing? Will he announce the additional suspension or will they just let the uh, deadline pass and accept Sue Robinson's <clears throat> suspension? Um, yeah, it's very interesting to me. I, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I talk about Roger Goodell's job is to take the hits. And I think they want this, um, system set up for the long term. In other words, you know, unfortunately for them, this controversial issue is the first one. Uh, whereas, um, you know, a more run of the mill personal conduct. Now they're all basically, difficult but this one's really really difficult this one is arguably the most difficult one they've ever dealt with um because i think they want this system for the future i think they're going to bite the bullet i think they're going to bite the bullet and accept it really um for that reason could be completely off um because if they if they upend it right now it's over you know, it's it's a useless system. It's, you know, it's almost starting from scratch again. That's why I think they'll lean on, all right, we take all the hits anyway. Nothing's going to change. People don't understand the system. And that's never going to change. So I think his job is to take the hits. He's going to take the hits. I always call him the highest paid lightning rod in the world. He's going to take the hits and eventually it'll die down and, and, and things will move on. That's my best yeah, guess. I disagree. I think uh, Goodell, who was upset the last time he went down the Ray Rice Road and uh, was his job. Oh, excuse me? It's his job to take the hits. Mm, okay. Yeah, he almost, it was almost his job, as in he didn't have it anymore. The owners were thinking about firing him. Mm. There was a certain percentage of those that wanted to run him out of his office. Mm. If he's got some latitude here, I think he's going to puff up his chest and try and get tougher. And the main reason is that he will try and sell to the other owners. We need to set precedent. Sue Robinson kept in her decision talking about precedent. There wasn't precedent and uh, nonviolent sexual assault. Oh, I think they want to set the precedent and they want to set it at more than six games. So I think Roger Goodell will appeal. And I don't know if we'll have the number of games he wants to add to it, but uh, I don't think there's any way that they keep it as is. All right. uh, We'll find hopefully that out before you return tomorrow as a guest Friday. You're back in as host next week. You got how much of your schedule you got in place for uh, both my edification Uh, and the stream team's edification, Johnny Mac. Um, yeah, I just let town everything runs together. So let me look real quick. Uh, let's see. We got uh, practice Saturday and Sunday, but that doesn't matter. All Monday, I'll be here as as uh, co-host with you. Practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. All Thursday and Friday night is the preseason opener. 
Huge. Against the New York Jets. Mike White rips up the Eagles. Uh, Chris Strevler moving the ball against the Eagles four-teamers. Uh, maybe Carson Strong actually does complete a pass because listening to John and everybody else, I don't believe he's actually completed one pass so far. No, he's in... completed, I think, one. But one. No, uh, Damn, I'm sorry. Sure. I did, did, more. Didn't, didn't want to undersell you there, Carson. A few more than that. But he All right, not uh, partner, good show today. Appreciate it. You're back uh, early tomorrow before you run off to uh, uh, the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to be doing it from Novacare because they might, well, probably, they might because of the weather. Uh, it's supposed to be really, really hot tomorrow. Uh, they might move up practice. It's not official, okay. but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, you're going to have to be tuned in here to find out. Rick Saratello will be filling in for John. Uh, Johnny Max over there in practice early. He'll be on with us in two and two. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.